When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. up indeed it's another show of making it rain with my buddy in crime chat slap shots from the blue line joe Catarino. how you doing my man uh randon we talked for how many months now about well something's got to give something's got to give players got to get out players got to be moved out where's this big move where's this big <laughs> no, move? nobody leaves hey we got connor mcdavid no none of that <laughs> stuff happened we just got a bunch of little uh little small transactions go figure but hey you know injuries will do that to you right it's a good thing as it turns out uh, that the, the kings ended up keeping all that uh, all that young prospect depth and it's playing paying dividends and helping them out in the big club but yeah uh, we're recording this uh what six hours after the deadline and um you know not a whole lot to speak of from a king standpoint but uh, I think that's okay. Yeah, I think overall the moves were like, let's just not squander the season that both these teams are having. Let's add depth for relatively cheap. And, uh, you know, we didn't need to make any big moves. I think Coyotes, uh, you know, stood firm with their three first round picks and, 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 or, and or prospects or whatever. Or maybe they were asking for some of the no-goes from the Kings. We don't know what those conversations will be like, but... Uh, it just seemed like they didn't want to squander the season. I mean, obviously you can't with the, the Kings surprisingly in, in second place, uh, you know, after the loss the other night, you know, teams are a little bit closer, but, you know, they have uh, a fair amount of games left. All the teams that in the division that they're playing like over 10 games, Anaheim, uh, Seattle and uh, San Jose all got relatively weaker uh, because of the trading away for the deadline. So I like a lot of these moves and, and just kind of keeping getting depth going, not only for the big club, but for the rain, which you and I are excited about because uh, don't want to squander that either. The rain are have been a powerhouse all season. Uh, some of their main players have gotten brought up because the injuries with the big club. But, you know, we don't want to see that uh, that seating go away when when going into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw the uh, the Kings take care of a, of a couple of um, additions today for the rain. They picked up uh, two defensemen, two right shots. Uh, defenseman, actually, I know which I know you'll uh, you'll get to in your announcements. And they had Thomas Hickey that came through on loan the other day. So there's three defensemen that have brought into uh, to Ontario to kind of shore that up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, and before we get started in depth, as always, you can find our stuff on Twitter at hockey underscore royalty, and on our website, all the articles that have been pumped out in this last week about hypotheticals: where this guy go here, will this guy go there? All the transactions, all the paper transactions, this and that. Uh, game reviews, all at HockeyRoyalty.com. 
Com. Feel free to go on there and get your merch. You know, don't want to be left in the dust there. You want to say you're one of the OGs listening to Hockey Royalty and getting the first set of merch out there. Uh, could be worth a pretty penny or you find it at a thrift shop. So uh, we don't know yet. Hopefully the, the former versus the latter. Uh, but let's get into it, big guy. Let's get into it here with the transactions. Uh, let's start with the the first one that came out a little bit before, but still, you know, uh, we get the privilege of being the first hockey royalty pod to talk about it. Troy Stetcher, uh, going to be wearing number 51, went uh, to uh, Los Angeles for a seventh-round pick. Uh, I know Russell had uh, the Twitter spaces on yesterday. We talked about that in depth with Pavel, uh, one of the co- uh, contributors here at Hockey Royalty. You were there for that talk. What did you think after all the discussions uh, about this trade, and, and how do you think it affects the Kings and maybe as a byproduct the rain? First of all, I think I think Pavs did a good job kind of laying the groundwork as to a little bit of background on Troy Stetcher, what his game is, uh, kind of what he can bring to the table. I don't think he's going to be anything that's that's crazily crazy offensive necessarily, but in looking at some of his statistics, and I talked about this on the on the stream yesterday, was he's really really good when it comes to zone exits and and turning, getting out of the offensive zone with possession. And Russell Morgan brought up it was a great point that he said is listen, the Kings, you know, they still operate in that kind of one three one forcing teams to dump the puck in the zone, so it's really important to have a D man that can cleanly pick pucks up and, and make that first pass out of the zone. So for Troy Stetcher, I wouldn't look for anything to be too sexy or too crazy, but what I would do is is pay attention to see how he operates in the defensive zone uh, and how he moves pucks in transition. And I think if you're seeing the Kings be able to break out easily, um, a, a lot of that could be at the hands of Troy Stetcher. Yeah, that's our game. Corsi, the Corsi numbers are game, and part of uh, Corsi is getting the puck out of your own zone. And so – you know, those exit passes are going to be great and and let your playmakers run with it. That third line, uh, the champagne line, as they've dubbed it, uh, has been has been great so far uh, for the most part. Uh, a little bit stale in the Colorado game, but Colorado's a juggernaut and they've been steamrolling everybody. So um, for the most part, you know, that's that's right line. Get you get the puck in the playmakers hands. Don't try to do too much. And he can he can do just that. Yeah, so I think it's a very solid, kind of quiet, under-the-radar move. And I, I, with all the injuries they have, I, I don't think they needed to do anything crazy. Um, if there was that big move to be made with term for a young player, do it. But otherwise, you know, he's a, he's a quiet addition that, um, you know, hopefully, again, should just help see the Kings through this next few weeks here and hopefully into the playoffs. Yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with the next trade that went down. LA Trades forward Braden Burke, who they just acquired recently, to Nashville for Frederick uh, Alliard is how you pronounce that, I think. Allard. Uh, Allard. Okay. And so another right shot D loading up on the obviously Dowdy Roy injured uh, depth signing for the Kings and and a uh, veteran for, for the rain. Yeah. So I think, and, and you know, it got to the point where you mentioned the injuries and it sounds like Dowdy's going to be out for a little bit here. Um, that they they started in with Jordan Spence up. Obviously, Jersey's been up and Austin Strand is up. So really your right side was Helge Granz and it was getting pretty thin back there. You know, they had Marcus uh, McIver um, and they've got some guys that they've brought up on, um, on PTOs here and there. So uh, the right side was getting was getting a little thin. So now with the addition of Allard, uh, the addition of Nelson Noje, which I know you'll get to, so they at least have Granz, Allard, and Noje, three guys, in, in, especially in Allard and, and Noje. They, they, they've been in the AHL now for a few years. They're mid-20s guys. They're not old vets, but they've been around. They've been in the AHL. Um, I know Noje's had a cup of coffee in the NHL. These are not you know, offensive defensemen by any means. You're not replacing like for like with, with Jordan Spence and these guys uh, over the next few weeks, but you're getting solid defensive contributors, a little bit more physicality to the play. Um, so I think part of what we saw here today was – they had an abundance of forwards. Um, they've got a number of left shot D, um, which is why Marcus Phillips, I think, probably became expendable, and they needed to shore up the right side. I think so. I think that's what we saw today. Yeah, let's let's just combine both of those. Marcus Phillips uh, in uh, drafted by the Kings in the fourth round, <clears throat> 118 overall in the 2017 NHL entry draft. A long time draft pick, working his way up and gets gets shipped out uh, for Noje as well. Uh, this might be a this might be a two for type move, and you know, to where they send Phillips over to maybe uh, a position where 
there's less uh, log jam in the prospect pool, and maybe he gets a better chance at seeing some time uh, with the big club. And we bring in Noje, who helps us on the right side. Exactly. And and when you look at the left side of the Ontario Rain defense, you've got Cameron Gaunt, you've got Christian Molanen. We've talked about Christian, Christian Case of Stool. Screaming Norwegian. <laughs> he's he's become a staple in this lineup. And uh, and somebody else that I, I'm sure you'll, you're about to mention is they, they acquired Thomas Hickey, former Kings draft pick, uh, on loan from the Islanders, um, which is an interesting move. But, you know, I think in reading some things from the Islanders' uh, Twitterverse is they, he wasn't going to see a lick of ice time. And I think it was just a matter of, well, we can either just – not play him and sit him on the bench, or we can at least loan him out and let him get some ice time. And with, with again, some of the Kings injuries and Mulvarare is up with the Kings, um, it gives it gives them a chance to to get Thomas Hickey in, and he picked up a point in his first game with uh, with the Rain. So uh, I expect he's going to see top four minutes for sure. Yeah, it seems like they did a good job at balancing that stuff out, and and you know it it looked and, and just before I even just got on here, um, you know. I looked at, you know, hey, I got asked like, hey, are there, you know, do you see a move going in here, or is it just like, I thought it was like, man, they're loading up on right shot, right shot, right shot. What about the left side? And then you look at it like, okay, well, this left side has been playing with each other all season. They've been on PTO for most of the year, you know, with Christian and 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 all the guys that you mentioned. Uh, the right side might be a little bit more injured than we think with Roy and Dowdy, and so that could be the detriment of the team when all these guys go up. And you got to get into the playoffs. You got to get a good seed. And if these injuries linger with both these guys into the Kings playoffs and the Rain playoffs, they're going to be a lot more reassured uh, on that right shot. Yeah, for sure. I think I think like you said, it was just a matter of the of the Rain and the Kings organization just making sure that these guys were balanced. Um, and and, it, and they're doing it with AHL experienced guys, right? I mean, no disrespect to the guys that they brought up on PTOs. And like I said, Casey Stool has has stayed here, um, but. Rather than having to dip into that uh, too much more, they've got some AHL established AHL guys to take care of that right side. And you know, uh, one guy that we we did not talk about you and I kind of beforehand um, is they they signed uh, from out of college Taylor Ward, old Dixon Ward's uh, former Rochester American son. Uh, he's a 23, 23 year old coming out of um, the University of Nebraska Omaha. And I know our guy Pavel, like you mentioned earlier, had some uh, some good words to say about him. Very physical. He's a 6'2", 207 pounds. And and Pav said that he's got a little. Uh, he he classifies a little Tom Wilson in his game, which is never never a bad thing to have on your team, anyways. Yeah. Um, nobody 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 cares if you're not getting bothered, right? Exactly. It's like exactly. if everybody else is getting eaten by mosquitoes, but you're fine. Like you, you don't really care. Like it's so does he just gonna, if he, as long as he's buzzing. Around there and, and pissing other people off, I'm, I'm going to be fine with that. Yeah, exactly. So a, a, a bigger body to add to that rain lineup, too, and it's another forward, which, again, I think that's part of the reason you see a guy like, you know, Braden Burke become expendable with some of the forwards that, that they have. I mean, they've probably got, I think, 14 forwards that counted um, that are healthy uh, even after the Burke trade. So um, it's, again, just a numbers thing sometimes. Plus, that I think it adds a little uh, something different to that team. I mean, yeah, because really, Doty, Doty, right? Is is yeah, is the only you know, fighter or instigator type uh, player, and so you got to have that nasty streak. We see it with Lemieux on on the Kings, and what the Kings have been missing without him. I'm not saying that that Tonka and, and all those guys can't do a little bit of that, but Lemieux has been uh, fantastic this season, and his aggressiveness and his instigating and and standing up for his teammates, you notice it on the ice when momentum is swinging in the other direction. And so hopefully uh, this can kind of do that for the rain as well, who are primarily built with a bunch of skilled players. And so uh, nice to add a little pepper to that salt. Yeah, and he, he did play his first game yesterday. Uh, he didn't pick up any points or shots on goal. He did pick up an elbowing penalty. Um, so again, Har- fit- hard for the course, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, it's a guy that, again, like you said, kind of along with Doty can maybe, you know, add a little spunk to uh, to the roster and, you know, come playoff time, as we know, that, that sometimes you need that. You do, you do. And so other than that, we've had, uh, you know, before we get to the big extension, we have some, uh, you know, people getting sent up and set down. And so for people who don't know, uh, anybody who's on the AHL roster come trade deadline can be on the AHL team. Uh, for the playoffs. So Byfield, Kupari, Spence, Filardi all sent down. 
Uh, and then after that deadline happened, brought back up. So whatever injuries remain or however well these guys play, the, pretty much the Kings organization is giving them as many outs or as many ways possible as they can for both clubs. And I think it's obviously a smart thing to do if you can do it. For sure. And I think, you know, depending on when guys get back, you want to make sure that, you know, you can, you have the ability to send, you know, Spence down and you to send, um, we'll see what they do with the forwards or the Velarde or Kapari. I don't think Byfield's going anywhere, but it, to have the opportunity to play in the AHL playoffs um, is big. You know, we'll see how, how far each team goes, but um, just to make sure that they have the ability to do so, I think is, uh, I think is important. So again, I, I had tweeted it this morning, like, don't be surprised to see some of these big names, you know, go down there. It's, it's paper transactions. And um, that's what we saw. So, and you know, every team does that, right. Just to, just to, for, for those fringe guys or those prospects that are up and are kind of up and down. So not, not surprising. And lastly, the biggest news of the day, you know, uh, Joe's got to be pretty happy with this. Blake Lazat, the mosquito in the tent, the lizard himself, two-year extension uh, with a 1.65 or 1.675 AAV gets rewarded for the strong play this season. A lot of people didn't think he had a shot to beat Jad out for the spot, and he's just he's continued to earn it. That line has been consistently the best line. Uh, or the, at least the most consistent line uh, of the season for that that group, maybe outside of whoever Deneau's playing with, because that guy's just a beast. But uh, well-deserved for Lazat, in my opinion. For, for sure. I mean, we – so the, the high school team that I have, you know, we do awards right at the end of the season. The one of the awards is Unsung Hero. And it'd be hard not to give that type of award to Blake Lazat this year for the Kings and how well he's played. And, you know, listen, he's exceeded my expectations. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of his game for what he is and what he brings. And that's why I, I talked about how I think he should be on this team at the start of the season as the fourth line center. But, you know, uh, he's even exceeded my expectations because I, I wasn't sure that he was going to play this well to get an extension. You know, I figured good stopgap and then – you know, maybe they move on and they and they bring up some of the kids. Maybe Anderson Dolan solidifies that. But it really looks like Anderson Dolan's going to be—he's going to be a winger now. If you look about yeah. it, the Kings, the Kings now—it's it's Kopitar, Dano, Byfield, and Lazat for the next two years. There's your there's your spine. So you know, Anderson Dolan, you're a winger. Turcotte, uh, you're a winger. Kapari, you're a winger. Um, but I, you know, again, I don't know that any of us are totally shocked at that. You know, maybe again, I think Anderson Dolan people thought could have been that four C, but either way, regardless, not to talk about anybody else. And those guys can, those guys can revert back to center if, if it happens in two years from now, but for the foreseeable future, right. The, the spine of the book is, is secure. And and good for Lazar. Like you said, he earned it. He has been a pleasure to watch this year. He works his, ass off on a penalty kill uh he, he does a great job you know he, he, he's full marks to him he, he's he's been a fun to watch you know and it's i think he's right around uh, i didn't write this down but i think he's right around 50 points in a 155 game so a third of a point per game for a fourth line center ain't half bad yeah he had a pretty good early i think early in his first year he actually had a decent point production again it's it's you're not expecting that, but if they can chip in, if you can get that line to chip in, and more importantly, if you can get that line, that fourth line to just play in the other zone and not in your own zone, you've won. It's a win for for that line, and they do that. So I hope I hope they sign resign Lemieux, and they can keep those two together uh, coming in the next season. But it's it's been fantastic, and I and I like what he's done. Definitely earned, and and sometimes you know you think you think of people getting contracts because of you know, oh, we need uh, to, you know, some stop gaps or this or that. But he, you know, the, the Kings are not short on forwards in the pool. And so he definitely earned that that money. So good for him. He had an uphill battle. When you look at all these prospects, he wasn't drafted. He's not a big guy. He makes the team out of camp years back. You know, they're kind of in that weird transition, as it were. Now they've got, they're loaded with prospects, right, that are mostly forwards you figure he's just an easy guy to cut, right? Or get rid of or, or not invest in. Yeah, and yeah. he rolls his sleeves up and says, the hell with that. I'm making this team and I'm making an impact. And he's done it. So great on him. Yeah, it's great when you see a player just take take the bull by the horns and, and you know, his future in his own hands and get rewarded for it. So, all right. we're before, this, That's going to be the last transaction before we get going into the game recaps. We do have a commercial break here by our sponsor from DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. 
As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That is THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21-year-old or age restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, in a 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 877-H. 467369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 years older, age apply, 18 or over, New Hampshire, Wyoming, physically present in states listed as Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Only minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. I don't think anyone could have done that better. Let's go. <laughs> well done. Cheers to that. <laughs> All right. Game recaps here. Uh, we'll switch it up here for the game recaps, goals, condors, and Canucks. The losing streak continues, but we're going to try some find some positivity in these games. Ain't that right, Joe? We will. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be successful in that, but uh, we'll, we'll try to find some positivities. Well, let's just start with the goal game. This this was a catastrophe. Four nothing loss. Uh, outshot every period. Uh, but let's let's try to get some uh, good going in this game. What did you see? Just as a game as a whole, or is this just a throwaway and we should move on? Yeah, I, listen. the The rain have not been shot out all season up until this point. It's which is rare. You go a season without that happening, right? I mean. They've had some clunkers here and there, but rarely to this level. Um, I just think this is it's one of those games where, you know, these things happen. You know, I think this was a scenario where you saw Rasmus Kapari's called up to Los Angeles. Jordan Spence is in Los Angeles. Um, so I think this is the beginning of your some of these guys that are getting called up. Um and, you know, you've got a, a number of different guys kind of in the lineup, right? I mean, they had Kevin Lohan, Lauren Ouellette playing playing shifts. Uh, Nikita Pavlichev was back. I just think it was one of those games, and, and I hate to, you know, make too many excuses, but it was just it was just one of those games where they didn't have it. You know, there was not a game that they brought a lot to the table. They weren't really threatening, and when they were, Ole Eric Sinek played well, but he only made 22 saves. It's not as if the rain – you know, put a ton of action at him. Um, we talked about how that power play is going to look in the absence of Jordan Spence. Um, they were over two this game, so I, I think it's power be- play down a full percentage point in just three these three games. So it's yeah. been it's been mighty rough with all the the sharpshooters out of the lineup. Yeah, and I think we'll see how this goes here over the next little bit. Now, obviously you don't suspect it to be something too long-term if Spence is obviously going to be available for the playoffs, but for now, um, you know, it, it's, it's not looked quite as sharp when you consider the fact that they have Spence and Velarde playing up in um, 
in Los Angeles, and obviously Kapari's up there. So it's you know they're in FERC too. FERC too, uh, not this particular game, but FERC's been up in in uh, in LA for a little bit too. So it's um, it was just one of those games, frankly, is is the way I would classify it as as you know as yeah. lazy Tur- as that may be. Yeah, and Turcotte's still out. You only you Turcotte, look at Madden, Madden. Yeah, so you look at the team. Only four players had a plus minus uh, of zero. Everybody else was in the negative. So just. Uh, no line could get it going. It was just a, a, a throwaway effort there. And so, uh, you know, congrats to Harrison Eck for p- pitching a shutout. That's always difficult as a goalie, regardless of how bad the team plays. Usually, you know, you get those trickle in, those, those things. But he seemed to be playing pretty solid this game. The only thing I'll say that if, if we want to try to eke a positive out of this is this was a game where at least we saw Akil Thomas Maybe a little more assertive. He led he led the reign in shots on goal. He had five shots on goal, which is it's it's a start, right? It's it's yeah. You're looking for something to kind of to get going with him, and um, you know he he's going to see potentially more opportunity here. He's going to have to right. We look who's up in in Ontario in Los Angeles right now. He's going to see a little bit more of an opportunity. So uh, again, we've talked about this, and I know we disagree a little bit that you you, you do want to see a little bit more production. Um, I think it would be nice, but I just wanted to get through the season and, and get reps. But um, so I, well, I, I want to I, I see him get reps, but I want to see him produce too. I mean, you're, I mean, you're getting to the point you're, you're a second round pick. I know you're coming off a double soldier surgery. I get it. You're out for a lot of this stuff, but I just want to see flashes. And like, for me, this was a positive. You're hundred percent right. And like, I didn't even think about it until you said it, but I was like, yeah, that was a big positive of the game. Cause we're asking for him to show those flashes and be more consistent, whether the points are there or not. The last 18 games, I've rarely seen Akil Thomas be mentioned or or noticed him on the ice. And you, he was definitely noticeable uh, for spurts of this game, if not the whole game. Agreed. Agreed. And I think it's it's hopefully it's a sign of things to come, although the last two games, maybe not quite as much. But um, we'll see. He, he's going to need to be a guy that, that they can count on here as we go forward. And just as we hope the rain will turn the page after this four-loss losing streak, we're going to turn the page and go to this next game. So this next game, we're playing the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, lose 3-2 to two here in this one, but at least there were some positives here. Started off rather quick uh, with a Samuel Fagimo uh, 20th goal of the season. Way to go, Samuel. Man, 20 goals in a season ain't that easy to do. And, uh, you know, that shot first guy there has, has been lighting the lamp uh, for, for most of the year. Yeah, we've talked about him a lot, and he's turned into a, uh, a really, you know, he's. He, I think he's taking that next step in his progression, right? And and he's becoming a finisher that that you wanted him to be at this level. Um, and he's got twenty goals, and he added he yeah, you know, he added uh, some more points over the weekend too, as we'll go along. But um, a good player, and we as we've talked about uh, his, on the point shares model through Sean O'Brien, he's very good on the defensive side of things as well. So. Uh, really good uh, start to the season for Samuel Fagimo. Um, and or start to the season, the whole season, frankly. Um, and boy, uh, that the goal Helge Ground scored. So, t- t- if we can do a little, goal, like, the bright spot of the weekend, like that was nasty. Helge Ground. So, I, I, this will be a baby. Uh, I'll try to keep this to not too much of a tangent, but like. He is re- he's he and I don't want to go too crazy, right? I mean, Tan- tangent feels- up. Let's take this off road. Well, Let's put it on the four wheel drive I, here. What I'm getting at is is he 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 looked like a really raw player last summer at the rookie camp. Like he looks a totally different guy. Honestly, his he the way he has developed over those last you know since the summer has been awesome to see. And I think it's because he's had no choice. He's playing all the time. Like when you started the season, I think the first couple of games, he and Spence kind of were in and out. So I don't know if they had the, they were planning on playing him as, as often as they did in, in these roles that he's got him in. And the plays he's made when he scores his goals, he's jumping up into the offensive zone, which we talked about is that type of player. He's not going to lead the rush. Like Jordan Spence and Sean Jersey have the capability to lead a rush. Grimes isn't going to lead it, but he is such a smart player as to when to jump into the rush. And he scored a number of goals this year from down low, even yeah. uh, in the offensive zone. And it's a great give and go. He reads the, zone, the offensive zone and the, and the lane that's there perfectly. He gives and goes with Tynan and a great shot. Like the, his evolution has been, has been so good. And, and I'm very, very happy to see how well he's played. And we talked about it actually when Spence got called up, like, 
this is and this is not meant to be a knock on Spence. We've raved about Spence. We've been we were the first ones on the rookie of the year bus. Helge Granz had more points at five on five than Jordan Spence did, or I'm sorry, as many. So like he let's not just because you know Granz isn't getting the same power play opportunities, rightfully so. Jordan Spence is dominant on the power play. Yeah. But Granz has been extremely effective as an offensive productive defenseman at five on five. And I don't think that can be overlooked. And I believe his defensive game is only going to get better because he's got the tools in the shed, right? His, his, he's a strong kid. Like I'm really excited about him. And again, I I do want to pump the brakes. I'm a guy that I've talked about it. Don't hug your prospects, be realistic. They're not all going to make it. Yada, yada. I think you got to be really happy with the development of Granz in this first year. You do. And I mean, we talked about it a little bit and, and I can't remember which scout said this, but uh, said that Granz is Rasmus Dahlin light, like not as not as a high percentage uh, to reach the potential of. But he has the same same skill set, uh, same you know, roughly the same size. And I mean, this is one scout's opinion, but, you know, but you see the, the evolution of his skill and how fast it's taken off since he's been on the rain and it shows promise. And, you know, he's getting slept on. Because Spence is having the year he's having, Jersey's doing it with the big club, Faber's getting all this Olympic you know accolades and everything like that. But Helge Grand's got size, he's got skill, he's got intelligence. He's just going to take time. He's going to take longer time to get to the his his roof or his potential. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's taking spots uh, on the Kings, uh, you know, from people that maybe have them have other defensemen higher in in the shelf. We talked about last night on the, on the uh, Twitter spaces that Russell uh, put on. Um, Brock Faber's name came up, and you know what? I forget. I apologize to the person that asked the question because I'm going to forget who asked the question as to what right shot defenseman. You know what? Do you, they're not all going to make it, and they're not all going to be in the organization. Somebody's got to go. And my pick, you know, and again, it's not a knock on the player, just for all the players involved, if I had to pick one to deal, it would be Brock Faber. Like I would, I, Grons, I don't want to, like he's one guy I really don't want to touch. Like I may trade Spence before trading Grons. If, if that's kind of where I'm at right now with this. Um, if I'm just looking at it from a prospect standpoint, like he, he's a, he is a bit more of a project. I think he, as you're alluding to, like he's going to take a couple more years. Like he's not NHL ready, and he's probably not going to be NHL ready next year. Although you never know if they have another rash of injuries, he could give you the cup of coffee yeah. that Spence is getting. Um, I just really like the potential of his two-way game a lot, um, and I think he's showing he can produce at the pro level. And I won't say that Faber can't produce at the pro level, but I think it's probably not – common and maybe i'm being unfair in saying this but he hasn't produced like he's not a that's not his game so you now have to be an outstanding defensive defenseman you have no choice because you're not which he is right but he is at the level he's at how that develops and how that goes i'm sure it's going to be fine but you have no margin for error if you have no offense to your game right like he he can't miss as a as a high-end defensive defenseman. And again, sure, I'm, he probably will. Like, I, I, that's not a knock on favor, and I, and I don't mean it to be, and, and I like the player, but I like the guy that that is showing the ability to produce at the pro level and, and be a good two-way defenseman at the pro level. Um, so I, I, I think it's, uh, again, excited about Grants. So trying to be temper my expectations because I'm the guy that's always trying to pump tires on prospects, I think. But I very am so, very happy on Grants. So all the Kings fan base listening, he wants to get rid of Spence and he thinks <laughs> Brock Faber is a bust. So um, just kidding there, Joe. No, I, it's you know what? I think that you know I had a didn't have appreciation for Faber because you don't really see much games. And then watching him in the World Juniors had a little bit more appreciation. Sure. Don't, don't really watch the Big Ten, so don't really have haven't seen him develop this year. I think he might grow on a lot of fans because apparently he's grown on the organization where he's super high on the depth chart behind Clark. Uh, for the for the you know depending on who you talk to, uh, but you know maybe he'll grow on you as far as maybe that gap control and his feet are yeah. so excellent that you're like man I can't you can't help but to put this guy in. Hey, and and, and when mean, we start seeing that, we'll be the first to tell you. And I'm not going to sit here and claim to be 
any sort of expert, and I said it on the stream last night, there's people obviously in the Kings organization and around the league that have seen Brock Faber play a hell of a lot more than I have. I just, I do question if the, the production isn't there now and it's not going to come, he he has to be that shutdown D-man. And, and again, by all accounts, he's going to be, right? But if it's a perceived value thing too, if other organizations value him the same way that we do as the Kings and as our fans, yeah, then he's a guy that you can maybe get a mint for with your, well, with your depth on the right side. Yeah, I mean that's who you pull the trigger on. We've seen Matt Roy stabilize this this franchise uh, on the right side, and he could, and Faber could do the, exactly that for another organization or even ours. You know, you know Matt Roy's contract isn't forever, so um, you know depending on what the organization wants to do. But it's going to be interesting which which uh, cream rises to the top, as they say, with uh, Dowdy Clark and all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, along the right side. Yeah, that's going to be the million dollar question over maybe this offseason, frankly. That that they could make that decision this offseason depending on, you know, potential trade acquisitions. Yeah. So after the Grand's goal, Brandon uh, Perlini gets his fourth of the year on the power play. Penalty kill still seems to be an issue for this organization. Uh, but it looks like they got, you know, a lot of guys that could help with that. So hopefully that stabilizes both uh for for each uh part of this organization. But after this, it was all Bakersfield. Uh, goals by Adam uh, Cracknell uh, in both the second and the third period for 12 and 13th on the season. Bakersfield outshot Ontario 37-23. You don't really see that much for either club. Um, you know, Garrett Sparks uh, back uh, gets uh, his first start in a long time. Uh, 34 saves on 37 attempts. Yeah, and this was just as I mentioned it in the in the post game too. There's no, there was just no push. Like they they made they went up two nothing, and then that was just kind of that was it. Uh, they got out. Let's shot put this 13. baby on cruise control. Yeah, yeah. They got out shot thirteen to three in the third period, which is a very you know unrained like uh, to be really out shot that badly in a game where it's a tie game. You know, um, in Ontario, no less. So. It's certainly not anything that um, that we're used to seeing. But there was no push. Uh, whatsoever. Uh, if we're looking for positives, which is what we said we were trying to do, TJ Tynan picks up assist number 64. Uh, and you alluded to it, you just mentioned it, Garrett Sparks, first start since January 8th and makes 34 saves. They didn't ease him in, that's for sure. Um, so those were two, I thought, two positives that game. Let's move it over to the Canucks, which they play us hard every single time. Yeah. They lose it. I mean, well, with a mascot like that, you have a lumberjack and ice skates. You can't really can't really take them lightly. Uh, we lose this game four to two. Uh, went kind of a weird first period. You know, the 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 Russian phenom Vladimir Kachev uh, with his sixth and seventh of the season. Go figure. Uh, Ontario are up two to one, but we got outshot thirteen to five. So uh, I thought this was just a rather weird period. Um, you know, some good snipes. Uh, you know, Samuel Fagimo with uh, two assists um, or assists on both those goals. Yeah. And Thomas Hickey gets an assist there as well. But it didn't, it just seemed like the, the goals came when they needed them. But the period was definitely all, all uh, Canucks in this one as far as the momentum. Yeah, it was. Um, again, so you look at those last two periods of play from the third period, the prior game. Um, to this, and they were outshot twenty six to eight. And again, it's I think you're starting to see a couple of things, right? I think it's one thing to have the forwards that are up in Los Angeles, but you know Jordan Spence is a big loss. Uh, they weathered the storm because of how well Spence was able to fill in for Jersey when Jersey was called up. But there, I think you know that's that's playing a factor. And let's not forget, like Mo Ferrari has been up in Los Angeles for a while now. And he was a, a stalwart on this, on this defense group for, uh, for the rain too. So I think part of this we're seeing is because of some of the stuff that's going on in the back. And it's not necessarily all the forwards that, um, that aren't putting bucks in that bolt. Though that said, um, that's obviously playing a bit of a factor here, right? When you look at the guys that are out of the lineup right now, because they're up in, up in, um, Los Angeles, right? Um, with Velarde, who was on absolute fire, Kupari. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're starting to see that. But uh, 
it'll obviously be good for the whole organization when you get the likes of Victor Arvidsson back in the lineup for Los Angeles. Um, and we'll see how that shakes out and kind of leaks into uh, to Ontario. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. And, and you know, like you said, Mavari, you know, a very strong defenseman could definitely help out either club. Uh, and you, we would probably seen a lot more of him if Mata didn't stabilize his game as well as he did uh, this season. Completely agreed. And, and, and only my, boy, talk about a guy. Hopefully he doesn't read Twitter or listen to us or anybody like good job on Olimata because he's really settled in and had a pretty good run here for this for really this whole season. He's he's played he's kind of the defenseman I think that that we thought we were getting, you know, under the radar, quiet. I mean, he's not great. Let's let's call spade a spade. He's not he's not a great defenseman, but but you know, he's he's doing his job and I think he's doing it pretty well, uh, all things considered. Yeah, I, I really I really agree there. And and you know what? I gotta tip the hat to to Rob Blake. He's he seems to make a lot of these inexpensive trades that that don't look flashy on this on the surface, but those players seem to play some big minutes. I mean, you got you got Mata and then hopefully, you know, Stetcher is looking like he's gonna have to fill in a role with Dowdy and Roy being out for an extended period of time. So it's gonna be interesting to see that kind of thing and um how it all works out, but you know, not flashy moves, but effective. Uh, for the most part, especially this season. You so we talked about Blake. Uh, his, his he came up on the stream uh, last night. One of the fans said he was really not a fan of Blake. Um, thought that he's gotten lucky that um, you know with the injuries and such that they've had the ability to have guys like Dursey kind of fill in and 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 Spence fill in. And and I kind of made the point that I said you know he acquired Dursey um, right. He he was in the trade. He made that those trades with with Toronto brought over Grunston, Dursey, Moore, and the draft pick to get Bjornfit. So it, you know you can't call him lucky when he's the one that acquired those guys. Um, so you know I think you know the mini tangent on Blake is I think he's done a very nice job as you mentioned with the under the radar. Um, I think this is now where the rubber's going to hit the road. Like okay, you've built. You have established a, a, a pipeline and a prospect pool. Can you take this team to the next level, right? Dean Lombardi pulled it off by making the shrewd acquisitions and uh, early on, and then he, when it was time to strike, he striked. Uh, and he got the Jeff Carters, he got the Mike Richards and the Marion Gabricks. Like he, he made those happen. Can Rob Blake pull those trades off to get this team from, you know? playoff contender to playoff team slash cup contender because that's what's coming next and that's on that's what's going to be the next step and if you want to try to do that when Kopitar and Dowdy are playing at the levels that they are that has to happen very soon so now is the time for Blake you know now this offseason type of thing is the time for Blake to let's see let's see if he's able to to make that happen and part of it is like part of it's on him but also part of it's on the development of Quentin Byfield, for example, and other prospects that those that aren't traded, they need to take that next step as well. You know, so. Yeah, it's, it's going it, to like I think that there's going to be a weird thing. And we we talked <clears throat> about this way earlier in the season. So for everybody that doesn't remember, like when is is there going to be a fall off of Kopitar? If that is soon in there, when the Kings start their cup window, how does the centers line up? Is, is he still going to play first line minutes? Is Bifel going to take a jump to be one C, Dano two C, and then Kopitar three C? Like, how does that work out? Is is yep. Dano get slotted down? There's going to be a lot of shuffling that's going to depend on Kopitar's game and how well he can stay relevant and Byfield's progression. Uh, Dano, I think, is going to be pretty solid no matter where you put him. So, you know, can you play him up and down the lineup? I think the biggest thing that I've seen, you know, they the reason they brought in Dano is to keep Kopitar off the penalty kill, and they've been playing him a little too much on there. And guys like Kempe, guys like Lazat, uh, you need, need just to be relied on more. Not that they haven't been, but the fresher the legs that you can keep Kopitar, I think the long, the better chances you're going to have of him not having uh, lapses in points. And, you know, this is kind of just like a nitpicky thing. What was it? Six games has been his longest of his entire career, which happened this season. But you never know when that drop off is going to happen. And, you know, you don't want to speak about your captain, your franchise player, and probably, uh, you know, one of the, uh, not probably the one of the best players to ever play for this organization, but reality is reality when it comes to sports. And so, like you said, with Rob Blake, 
to wrap all this thing up in a bow for where I'm getting at. Rob Blake has to know where the temperature is and where this team is on the upswing, like being able to feel that temperature and then being able to pull off the right trades for the right amount of, of prospects. So I think it's a double-edged sword, as you will, to to see when the, when the time is right and then pull off the right trades to make that that leap. Yeah, I mean, listen, he he obviously he he heard the calls of the Kopitars and the Dowdies in the offseason about how where this team needs to start going. So you have to imagine the goal is to try to win with those guys. One more kick at the can with those guys. And to do that, you know, you've got to do that pretty soon. So and listen, Kopitar, he needs to produce, obviously, right? Oh, he's our first line center, all that stuff. The Kings, he's got to produce. I get it. But, you know, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, and I'm not saying that you're going there, that that he's he's deteriorating, but he's he's still a strong two-way centerman. He's still a strong possession player. You know, he is not getting hemmed in his own zone. He's not getting dominated night in, night out type of thing. Um, the production needs to come, but he's not the only one. Um, I'm not. So, I'm not saying that this season. I'm saying their window is right. supposed to be 24, right? Yep. So we don't know what's going to happen two years from now. Yeah, I, it was more the because there's a lot of that yeah. chatter going on, you know, and I, I just think that it's 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 too easy to look at the goals assists. You see, they're not where they where you want them to be over the last couple of months. He's playing bad, and I just don't necessarily think that's the case. I think he's maybe not at the level that we're used to seeing, but he's still our number one center, and he's he's still very he's still very very good. The whole line's been garbage, just flat out. So, <laughs> so let, let's just say that. Let's call a spade a spade, and they just need to get their act together, you know. And that's yeah. that's pretty much what it is. And some of that can be, like I said, taking him off the penalty kill, making sure he has fresh legs. Kopitar, you're only supposed to focus on offense. Let's get you going. Let's get this line going because we need you, and let's move forward. I mean, that's just I don't know. I I, I don't have time for for not calling a spade a spade on that one. Like that that first line needs to pick it up regardless. They do need to you... produce. There's no, there is no question. Despite the fact that even if they are, you know, strong possession, etc., they got to produce. You're right. So uh, let's kick it back to the rain with the rain player of the week. I'm I'm gonna let you go first on this one because uh, not very many options, and so I'm gonna let you get the head start on this. You know, uh, I'd be, uh, I'm going to go Garrett Sparks. He's hadn't played a game since January. Gets thrown in. The team's on a couple of game losing streak, um, and he's thrown right into the fire. He has to, he faces 37 shots. He turns away 34 of them. So, not putting that game on Garrett Sparks. I just thought it was good to see uh, him get um, him get back in the swing of things. And I think he's going to play a pretty big role here for for the rain down the stretch. You know, I was talking to. Briefly to, to Sean O'Brien, as they they talked on their Calder Farmstead podcast about they had a trade deadline kind of preview, if you will, for the AHL. And one of the things that they had considered was if the Rain need a a veteran or a backup goalie. Um, but with Sparks, as long as Sparks was going to be healthy, then then they didn't need to go that direction. So I think now that he's back, if he can stay on the ice, provide a solid vet backup role to the likes of. Um, Matt Valalta, because if I'm not mistaken, Sparks has a Calder Cup under his belt with the with the Marlies in Toronto. So, um, you know he he's a he's an important piece, I think, to to the net. And I thought in his first game back, 34 saves, rain star of the week for me. I'm going to give my honorable mention before going into my star of the week, and I'm going to go Vladimir Kachev for honorable mention. Sure. Uh, you know you don't know where this guy's headspace at. Um, you know, not saying that this is him, but a lot of foreign players have a hard time, um, you know, transitioning over the United States, you know, not only from an ice standpoint, but a culture standpoint, you know, him being, I believe he's the only Russian born player on that team. Uh, maybe is Nikolai, you know, Pavlichev, is he Russian as well? Or is he Eastern European? I shouldn't say offhand without knowing. So I won't. won't. So we'll just say maybe one or two, you know, of of the team there. And, And so the communication thing, um, the culture thing, having people around you and not saying that he's not being embraced by the locker room, but, you know, moving all the way across the country and expecting to be on the Kings and being on the rain and then getting, you know, getting uh clean scratch multiple games in a row, like for him to keep his um, head in the game and, and light the lamp twice in one game and 
uh, and, and do that, I think is, it deserves an honorable mention. My reign player of the week is going to be Samuel Fagimo, right? Multiple assists, multiple goals, uh, keeping the keeping the offense going and and really having an uptick to his game defensively this year, as Sean O'Brien mentioned in, in that pod. And so I think he's doing everything that he needs to do, getting some call-ups with the big club uh, as well to really make a push for the Kings roster come camp next season and uh, be an integral part in the the Calder Cup race uh, come playoffs. Yeah, he he has been on an absolute roll. He's got a point in every single game this past, dating back to February 23rd, with the exception of the game that they were shut out. He, he's been a big, big contributor to them. And, and yeah, I think... He's just kind of quietly going about his business, making developing slowly. He had kind of that that spark in camp, right? That people were starting to, hey, maybe he actually makes the team out of camp, and it was probably best that he didn't. Um, but but good for him. He's having a really really good season. Um, good to see he's going to push thirty goals this year, perhaps. So good for him. Hopefully, yeah, be, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully, uh, fifteen games left. That's going to be quite a almost a goal. A goal yeah, he'd have to get hot. He'd have to get real hot. <laughs> He'd have to get bacon in the sun with no sunscreen hot. <laughs> Trying to be optimistic, so, Randon. I like it. I like it. 30 goals for Samuel <laughs> email coming up. Uh, well, Joe, it's been a pleasure. Uh, obviously, uh, hopefully we have brighter days come. Uh, the Take away the rain, if you will, and sunshine ahead for, for this team and uh, come after the trade deadline. Hopefully they bolster the blue line like they did, and that takes effect going forward. Uh, 15 games left. Sacramento or Sacramento Stockton Heat have clinched a playoff spot. We're four points behind them and going there. You look at the race for the the points there, uh, tying it back in second, down uh, behind one point of first place. So they need to get hot because we need him to get back to back MVPs and we need to clinch the playoff spot. So plenty of uptick available in those 15 games for the rain. If I don't say so myself, they can clinch tomorrow with a win against Grand Rapids. So would you look at that? I say tomorrow, Tuesday night, whenever you're listening to this. So which, you know, hopefully it's a W by the time you're listening to this. You're like, hey, Joe, you called it, man. You called it. Exactly. Let's get So, well, thank you again uh, very much, Joe, for taking your time out of your busy day to talk with poor old me. Uh, we have find us on Twitter at hockey underscore royalty. You can find us at YouTube right here where you're looking at it. Uh, but that would be youtube.com slash hockey royalty. As always, thank you to our sponsors, DraftKings, promo code THPN. And if you're looking at more of a reader than a listener, all of our articles at hockeyroyalty.com where you can find all of our merch. Joe, I can't say anything else besides go Kings go. Go Kings and go Rain.